Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. We are all about unifying a generation of college students to be disciple-making followers of Jesus. It's our goal each week to equip and empower you to make disciples on your college campus. Whether you're enrolled in a university, taking a gap year, attending school virtually, or simply 18 to 25, grab your AirPods and let's have a conversation. Are you the kind of person that picks the movie you want to watch on Netflix and actually watches it or are you the person that picks it and then falls asleep? (laughs) Okay. 98% of the people that you're asking do, they watch the show. They pick the show they want to watch and they watch it. Well, I'm part of that 2% that will pick the show and fall asleep on the regular. So much so that I'm pretty much not allowed to pick movies that I want to watch anymore because I'm going to fall asleep. It's very, guys, it's very beneficial for me because I really do not have to endure chick flicks or any kind of movie that's emotional or whatever because Caitlin now is just a, she just knows. She knows that she's going to fall asleep. Adam, just pick whatever show you want. And I actually have this strategy I'm going to reveal to her now. She probably already knows about, but if if she seems you know more like energetic than normal, right before we're about to go to bed, I'll really search through Netflix for a while. Like oh, I just can't seem to figure out one or find one, and I just know that the longer she lays there, still she's going to fall asleep. Yeah, so that's it, kind of rude. But <laughs> I works out in my favor. I do remember this one specific night we got in bed to watch a movie, and honestly, the older I get, I, I'm. This is just making me sound old. Like, I just want to go to sleep when I get in bed. Like, I don't even care to watch a movie, but I know it's literally like 8 something. And so I'm like, oh, this is great because I'll just fall asleep early. And so it's a win-win for me. But this one night, I was like, oh, I'm feeling like alive. You know, I'm feeling a little energetic. Like, I'll pick the movie tonight. And I came across this documentary, which we've kind of been sucked into documentaries recently. For some reason, they happen to be climbing documentaries. So good. They like make my heart beat fast and my palms sweat and that oh, yeah. they probably keep me awake. That's why. And so I this one night I picked this documentary called It's 14 Peaks. Is that right? And I was like, oh, this is good. Like this actually looks like something I would like and I know Adam's going to like it. So and I found it pretty quickly. So I was like, this is going to be a good night. Usually we don't like search for a movie for an hour and then like get frustrated that we never could pick one. So <laughs> we started this movie and. I think we love them because they're just so intriguing to me. They're just like these people that climb like extreme conditions and stuff oh, like yeah. have different brains. Like there's there's nothing about them that is similar to me. And I think they're <laughs> from maybe a different planet. And so I'm very intrigued by them. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was so good. And 14 Peaks is a story of a guy named Nirmal Purja who is from Nepal and he is a high peak climber. So he he only climbs – I mean, he probably does other things too, but he's known as a high-altitude mountaineer. That's the technical term. I finally just saw it here on Wikipedia. But he climbs these massive, massive peaks, and he sets out on this goal, this dream of his, to summit the 14 8,000-meter peaks of the world. So there are 14 peaks in the world that are 8,000 meters or higher, uh, and his goal, his dream, is to summit them in record time. And the record time, so the, the record is being held. Uh, there's a guy named Reinhold Messer. 
uh, that is really awesome looking. When you look at his picture, he just looks cool. Um, so he did it, um, but it took him 16 years to do it because he had injuries and recoveries and whatever. Uh, but the record was being held by this South Korean climber that did it in seven years. And so he has to do it under seven years. Well, this dude, Nermal from Nepal, says, I'm going to do it, but I want to do it within eight months. Eight months. That is like, that's so drastic. And so he goes <laughs> around and starts telling his family and his friends and all of his climbing friends and other climbing, like, I don't know what you call them. They're not Olympians, whatever. The best climbers <laughs> in the world. They're he tells them, Olympians. this is my plan. This is my plan. And the people that have gone before him even, and that don't can't even climb anymore because they're too old or whatever, are like, you're crazy. Like, that is impossible. Yeah, so in in the documentary, and you guys have to watch it, and we're probably going to spoil it a little bit, so just be on guard. But um, in the, the documentary, when, when he's doing all that, he's meeting with this guy named Reinhold Messner who uh, has done these peaks before, but again, it took him 16 years. Uh, and doing it without oxygen is kind of the feat. And so there's oxygen and there's supplementary oxygen, which means you're not carrying a tank, you're just carrying a small portion of oxygen just to get you to the summit and then back down to a certain altitude where you can finally breathe again. Um, well, that's what they're doing. They're using supplement oxygen, so very little oxygen. And he's having an interview or conversation with this Reinhold guy, and he tells him, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna do the the, eight, the 14 peaks, and uh, I'm going to do it within eight months and break the record. And this guy, Reinhold, looked at him, and he said, climbing the 14 peaks uh, you know, is something that I did, and you can do it, but doing it, in eight months is impossible. And this guy, Nermal, he's just awesome. He said, oh, okay. And then the scene kind of flips to just an interview with just Nermal. He was like, so after that meeting, I decided to call this whole thing Project Possible. And that was just the coolest moment where he just said, this guy who has accomplished what I'm trying to accomplish, know, he knows all about it. He knows what it takes physically, mentally. He knows He's an expert. He's an expert. He knows what it takes to do what I'm about to do, and he just told me that it's impossible. And he immediately turned around and said, okay, well, I'm going to call it Project Possible. I just love I love that attitude about it, and it's so cool. Yeah, we looked at each other at that point in the documentary like, dang, this is cool. And, and, and then Caitlin fell asleep. So Did I? Yeah, you eventually did. I, I did, I did, yeah, because I remember having to ask you <laughs> If he survived. How did it end? That's usually <laughs> how it goes. But there's, you know, I'm sure you guys can all think about, and we hope that you can think about something in your life that you are believing God for that seems impossible, but you're trusting God and knowing, like, all things through him are possible. And so I, I remember Adam and I just being like, man, that is just so encouraging because, you know, there's there's things in our own life that people would look at us and say, that's impossible. You're crazy. That's not going to work. Um, and we're just going, okay, but like we know with God, like it's possible and that's what we have full faith in. And so today that's what we want to challenge you in. Evaluate your life and evaluate different things in your life, whether they're big things or little things. And what do you have enough faith for to believe God to do the impossible? Yeah. I would say that you may not know the answer to some of this. Like if we say, what is it right now that's seems impossible in your life. You may say, well, I don't know, nothing. Uh, I don't have anything right now. I would say that every follower of Jesus needs to have something in their life, a dream, a, a vision, a like a big goal. They need to have something that they're driven towards that seems impossible that they have to rely on God for. 
we have we we can't live our life as Jesus followers and not have these moments where we go, God, I don't know what's about to happen, but I need you desperately to help me in whatever it may be. We, we need those moments because that you know a, a great pastor in our life said desperation brings dependence, and so the more desperate we are, it causes us and forces us to be dependent on the only being that is able to get us through what seems to be impossible things. Uh, And so with that question, you know, what is it in your life right now that you have that you want to accomplish, a goal, a dream, whatever it may be, what is it right now that you need him for desperately and that you are totally dependent on him? Right. And there's there's many things that come against us when when we are like chasing after this supernatural, impossible thing that um, we're believing God for. So like, I know for me, naturally, the things that rise up in my heart are fear. You know, oh, what happens if this doesn't, if this doesn't happen? Oh, am I going to look like an idiot? Or are people going to make fun of me for believing, you know, that God could do something and then he doesn't do it? Or who's this going to hurt if this doesn't come out? And who who am I putting on the line? What risks am, am I taking that I know this is going to hurt somebody else in the wake if, if God doesn't do what he says he's going to do? Um I'll have anxiety. I'll, I'll, I'll just second guess myself. Oh, am I really hearing from God or is this me? Is this, you know, just overthinking it and, and mulling in it and just saying, I don't know, like, is this from God or is this what I want to do? Um, definitely insecurities. You know, mm-hmm. who am I to do something like this? I'm right. not good enough for this. I'm not worthy of this. I'm not capable of doing this. And so there's so many things that come against us when we're believing God for the supernatural. And it's, you know, call it cheesy when you're explaining the oxygen, you know, I kind of feel like that's how we can feel sometimes when we're believing for God to do the impossible is like, I can sometimes want to like hold my breath and like, Oh, think like, Oh, it's like, it's harder to breathe up here. You know, it's, it's hard to trust God in this. And it's hard to like really think that this is going to happen, but he sustains us. Like he's the one that is allows us to get to those places in any way. And so to be able to have the faith to say, okay, God, like I can't do this up here on my own, but like, I know that you can. And so having to rely on that oxygen, which is him, um, yeah. to get us to that point. Well, and then to continue that illustration though, Caitlin, which is not cheesy, it's good that, the real reason that Nermal, the climber, used the oxygen above 7,500 meters is because when he didn't, it lessened his chance to save people's lives when he was coming down. Because at that at that altitude, that's when most people begin to really struggle and sometimes die up on the mountain. And there's a point in the documentary where he's he reached a summit, or I think he was about to reach a summit, and he experienced a climber that was basically just stuck up there in the snow and was pretty much dying. And he had to use his oxygen to help this guy, and he had to come down. He ended up spending a lot of time you know, helping the guy. The guy almost died. And so from then on, he used oxygen but he said the reason he used it wasn't because he physically needed it because he's like this crazy gifted person um he used it because he was seeing that he was able to save lives when he did have the oxygen faith is always seeing and building and growing and taking steps towards doing things that you didn't think you could accomplish but yet you do it in obedience so being obedient and then looking and seeing everything that god did take your gifting Add your faith, be obedient in that, and then you will begin to see God does supernatural things. God does things in and through you. He grows you. He teaches you. He, he's molding you and shaping you into doing 
better and better and bigger things for him, not for your sake to say that you've accomplished things, but for him. Yeah, and your faith in that season, too, is also going to build the faith of other people. You know, like you were saying, his oxygen was helping other people on the way down. Like, also, as we're trusting and believing God for really big things, it encourages other people to believe God for really big things as well. And so we're, we are are growing in our faith, but we're also helping other people grow in theirs. We love to, to challenge and encourage you in your faith and to take steps. And, you know, when you look at Jesus calling his first disciples and um, him telling them, hey, come follow me, uh, these guys are sacrificing careers and livelihoods and reputation and all that stuff to follow Jesus. And the beauty of all of that is that they didn't know or see or get some kind of like, you know, preview ahead of what it was going to be like following Jesus. And I think even halfway through or like part of the way through of following Jesus, I think some of them would have been like, hey, I don't know if this is what I signed up for. Like, this is kind of crazy. People are trying to mob us and when we go through towns and uh, it's not exactly what I wanted. And, you know, I think Caitlin and I could say that in our saying yes of what we've been doing, there have been plenty of moments where we've gone, okay, what is this? Like what uh, we didn't, this is not what we really wanted to happen or I can't quite figure this out or I don't know what's going on here. There, there are challenges along the way and it's the challenges, it's the, um, you know, the enemy throwing all the doubt and insecurity and, you know, f- the fear of things not working out or not, you know, oh no, I could just fail. The fear of failure is like the most common popular thing that you could feel. And that is like the first thing the enemy is going to throw at you is, hey, you're sitting there today listening to us and you're going, I, I think I want to accomplish blank. I want I'm going for it. I'm going to do blank. The immediate, the, I mean, the first thing the enemy is going to throw into your head is, you're going to try that and you're going to fall on your face and you're going to be an embarrassment and it's going to be awful for you. That's the first thing that's going to happen. So go ahead and just dismiss that. Like go ahead and dismiss the fact that the enemy is going to tell you you're going to try and you're going to fail. So dismiss that and then keep working through all the things that the enemy is going to throw at you because the last thing he wants you to do is to live a life of faith. And so moving forward, just continue doing that. Know that there's going to be challenges But the more you're obedient, the more that you grow in your faith, and the more that you use the gifting God's given you, uh, we believe that that will result in God doing amazing things in your life. And the more that you do, the more that you're going to want to, to, uh, again, keep having dreams, man. Keep having these visions of things that you want to accomplish. And uh, pray for those things. Pray for God to give you dreams, for Him to give you—when I say dreams, I don't mean like I woke up, you know, one morning and I had a crazy dream, and now I'm gonna go do just that. Uh, maybe, maybe that's how you live your life. But pray for God to give you these visions and these dreams of what He wants to accomplish in your life, and then grow and build in your faith and in your obedience to Him. And just because those negative things might be happening, and you feel like you do have some doubts and you do have fears and insecurities, like I think those are all part of our sin nature, um, but. Everything else that comes alongside of that is God moving, is God working. Like you are going to have the positive things that are happening alongside of those negative things. And that's how I feel like we've experienced too. It's like this isn't some perfect, amazing journey that just looks so awesome. There's so many things that come against us all the time. And so we have to um, continue to just be obedient and continue to say yes to those little things. And and we see God moving and working um, amidst the hardships and um, 
seeing God do the impossible doesn't mean that it's going to be easy and that he's just going to say, poof, like here it is. I can do it. And we believe we know he can, like he is a miracle worker like that. He could just do whatever he wanted with the drop of a hat. But I believe through the whole process, he's just teaching us more about himself and, um, transforming us through, through it all. Yeah. Just to end on a, a cool quote by this guy, uh, Nermal that climbed, he, he was really struggling on this one certain climb and it was kind of in that decision-making mode where he's like, do I try to keep going or do I just, you know, rest on this one and then try again? Um, but basically he said, um, I always say to myself, I'm not going to die today, maybe tomorrow, but not today. And I love the outlook, you know, whatever you're facing, it may seem impossible, but know that it's, you know, as cliche as it sounds with God, everything's possible and take it a day at a time. Have the faith, build your faith today, grow in that, and do something amazing for God. Hey, thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the conversation and were encouraged in some way. Be sure to subscribe and share the podcast, and we will catch you guys next time.